Welcome. I'm Warren Odess Gillette, and this is A Baha'i Perspective. Welcome to A Baha'i Perspective. I recorded an interview with Rebecca Johnston Garvin on December 7, 2021. Rebecca is a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs and an audiobook. We play selections from her CDs Alien Time, Conscious Peace, Befriend Me, and Pioneer Winds. Her most recent CD is called To the Peoples of the World, and we play the title track in the interview. I started the interview by asking Rebecca where she grew up and what was religious life like growing up. I was born in Middletown, Ohio. That's between Dayton and Cincinnati. And we lived with my grandparents. Uh, I lived with them until I was six or seven because my mom was divorced. She went to school to become a nurse back in the 50s. So my foundation started there in Middletown. And then when I was six or seven, moved to Oxford, which is more near Indiana, uh, home of Miami University. And that was a great place to grow up. It was a small town. Everybody knew each other. It was marvelous. My foundation, though, came from my years with my grandmother. She was very influential. And she was really an open-minded person. I'm going to tell you a little bit about my family background because they were very diverse. My grandfather was Catholic, and so my mom, her sister, and brother were raised in the Catholic Church. But as soon as they got older, they left the church. They went to a Catholic school. My uncle, he was actually failing in the Catholic school because he kept arguing with the nuns. So my grandmother took him out and put him in public school where he excelled. He was a brilliant man. He learned five languages. He traveled all over the world. Even though we weren't Baha'i and knew nothing of Baha'i at the time, the atmosphere in the family was very Baha'i, the oneness of man, the oneness of the planet. There was a very strong sense of justice that ran through my family. And our Thanksgivings were great because we would sit and discuss the secrets of the universe. The TV was never on. My uncle, who married my Aunt Jane, was Jewish background, although he considered himself atheist. He lost most of his family during World War II. And that was considered a mixed marriage back in those days, a Catholic and a Jew. And my Uncle Bill married a Greek lady, so we had the Greek Orthodox there. My father's mother was a fundamentalist. And then we actually, as the family grew, became more integrated racially as well. And this was very normal. I was born with faith, and so I was always asking questions. There weren't too many answers <laughs> coming up at back in the early 50s, but my grandmother was a Baha'i-type spirit where she was very well-read and very open. 
my music came in at age four. And my music and my search for God actually kind of intertwined and became one with me. I began playing at age four, and my teacher taught the classics. So I was playing Mozart when I was four, and everybody thought that was fantastic. Uh, There was nothing special about me. I just was a good imitator. (laughs) The piano became therapy and best friend. I could play Chopin and and channel energy through, and, and I cried terribly when I had to practice, but my grandmother would say, for every silent moment, I'm going to add another minute to the timer. So at about three years into playing music, playing the piano, I got over that hump, and I just loved the music then. Then when we went moved to Oxford, I was old enough then that I started really actively searching for where I belonged spiritually. I had a real need to belong to something. I, I knew there was a supreme being. I knew that we all had a purpose, but I was kind of a weird kid. But I kept at it and went into my teenage years, and I would visit churches. I would say, well, why are you all so different? I mean, there's only one God, and God isn't in competition with himself. That didn't make any sense to me. So I started looking outside of Christianity and went to synagogues and saw the same spirit, but just from a different angle. It wasn't until a friend of mine, we went to the movie Z, which was a political movie, and then afterward went out and were talking, and he told me about the Baha'i faith. At that moment, just hearing the word, I was awakened. I was really, oh my gosh, that's it. And the more he told me about it and the more I found out about it, it made sense. It it was like the last piece of the puzzle. It just everything was related everything was connected so i was so excited my grandfather had given me a cross back when i was a kid and it had a little pieces of sand in it that they said it was from the holy land i remember looking at that cross thinking the two things that i really wanted to do was to write music for god and to go to the holy land And by golly, when I found the Baha'i faith, I found myself in Haifa, and the music started coming. What's the significance of Haifa, Rebecca? I became a Baha'i officially when I was 19 in Canada. I went to the University of Victoria in British Columbia, the Conservatory of Music, and I knew I couldn't become a concert pianist and just play the piano eight hours every day so I left Canada and I came back to Ohio and got into school for radiology in Cleveland met my husband he had become a Baha'i on the same day that I had and we were in two different parts of the planet and we planned going to Haifa the Baha'i holy places are in Haifa We were able to visit Jerusalem and Bethlehem and all, but we spent our time in Haifa at the Baha'i Holy Places. 
And there was the second wish. Maybe they were prayers, second prayer, that I had started writing music and had made a trip to Israel. And we went pioneering. And what is that? Pioneering was go to other places on the planet. I found out as a pioneer, it was really for us as individuals. We don't go out to do anything for God because God really has a handle on everything. He doesn't need us to further his cause for anything. We need him. By going and living in another country, we discover in ourselves that we are a part of that country and that country is a part of us. And this is true anywhere in the world you go. Man is the most adaptable of the entire planet. He can go anywhere on the planet and adapt. And you start realizing that we really are one family. There are no enemies. And if you're lucky enough to be able to travel in various parts of the world, you see how true this is. That basically everybody just wants to go home and be with their family and have peace. Nobody wants all the craziness that goes on. And we're all the same. We all want love and we don't want to be alone. And God fulfills that if you have faith. And that's also why faith is so important because if we are a spiritual being, which we as Baha'is believe we are, basically our essence is we're spiritual, then we have to have that connection with our creator and with each other. So pioneering was, uh, we were there for nine or 10 years and that was the greatest eye opener. Where was that? That was in the south of Chile in, in Temuco. And that's if you take California and flip it upside down, it would be the west side of South America. We were in the south of Chile. There's a lot of rain. It was very cold in the winter when um, the winds from Antarctica would come up. There's a great Baha'i community there. My Spanish wasn't really good when I got down there. So I started putting the prayers and hidden words. These are writings of Baha'u'llah, the hidden words. They're short little clips of what the essence of religion is. And they're easy to put to music. And I could take those to the compo, the country, and do children's classes because it's easier to learn if you're singing. And that's actually great for anybody to know. A lot of people who have had brain injuries and they can't talk anymore, but they can sing because the singing is in a different part of the brain. If you can sing the word of God, it's always programmed in your brain. You won't forget it. You might forget the words to speak it, but you can always sing it. So, Rebecca, we're going to feature a number of your musical selections. And the first is Amame. Which CD does Amame come from? Amame was the very first song that I wrote music to, and it's made up of three hidden words. They are, O son of being, love me that I may love thee. If thou lovest me not, my love can in no wise reach thee. Know this, O servant. That's the first part of the song. The second, the interlude in the middle is, O son of spirit, 
Noble have I created thee, yet thou hast abased thyself. Rise then unto that for which thou wast created. And the third part was, O son of man, be thou content with me, and seek no other helper, for none but me can ever suffice thee. Of course, it was written in Spanish. Amame means love me. And what CD is this from? That's from Alientame. And what does Alientame mean? Inspire me. You told a little story about Patty Hawley. Why don't you tell us about that? Patty has a beautiful voice, very powerful voice. I had contracted a virus that attacked my vocal cords and had to have several surgeries. And so my sweet second soprano voice dropped down to the basement. And I was not able to sing my own songs. So Patty came in and she took the leads. And then I was able to do the backup, the harmonies. She sang on the first two CDs, Alientime and Conscious Peace. And she did most everything on Conscious Peace. And there are some very powerful ones on there that she did a fabulous job. And so this is Amame.
listening to the music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin, a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs and an audiobook. We just listened to a piece called Amame from her first CD, Alientame. The next piece is from your second CD called Conscious Peace, and the song is called Justice. So why don't you tell us about this one? Justice is the second hidden word, which I will read. O son of spirit, the best beloved of all things in my sight is justice. Turn not away therefrom if thou desirest me, and neglect it not that I may confide in thee. By its aid thou shalt see with thine own eyes and not through the eyes of others, and shalt know of thine own knowledge and not through the knowledge of thy neighbor. Ponder this in thy heart, how it behooveth thee to be. Verily, justice is my gift to thee and the sign of my loving kindness. Set it then before thine eyes. And Rebecca, do you want to describe anything about the song before we listen to it? No, I think it'll speak for itself. Okay, great. All right, so this is Justice.
Music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin, a singer-songwriter who's produced five musical CDs and an audiobook, and we had just listened to the song Justice, which is from her second CD, Conscious Peace. And now, Rebecca, we're going to listen to another piece from Conscious Peace, and this is called Morning Prayer. So tell us about this one. That was the first one that I wrote for conscious peace because I thought I was finished after Ali Intime. The music door just opened up. The morning prayer I say every morning and it's a short prayer and I thought well let me put this to music. So I went to my engineer Bill Kilpatrick who was just a wonderful musician and a great guy. I would lay down the tracks the melodies and then I'd say I want violins or French horn or whatever and then he would arrange because he was so much better at it and he was technical and everything which I'm not as 
you know now I'm not good at. <laughs> so I wrote the morning prayer and took him this. The first time I heard it when he was finished with the arrangement, my mouth just dropped open and I thought, this music has to be coming from some other level because it was so beautiful. And when we performed it at different events, and different gatherings, it made an impact. So this is morning prayer.
We're listening to the music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin, a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs and an audio book. And we had just listened to a piece from her second CD, Conscious Peace, called Morning Prayer. So, Rebecca, the next song we're going to feature is Oh Moving Form of Dust from your CD, Befriend Me. So tell us about this one. Okay, this was a little bit more upbeat and a little soulful. I want my music to be diverse and varying in style. I try to write the music by following the words. Moving form of dust was from the Persian. There's Arabic hidden words and the Persian hidden word. Those are the languages, of course, of the Middle East, and that's what the, the hidden words were translated from. So I'm looking for the Persian here, 21. Oh, moving form of dust, I desire communion with thee, but thou wouldst put no trust in me. The sword of thy rebellion hath felled the tree of thy hope. At all times I am near unto thee, but thou art ever far from me. Imperishable glory I have chosen for thee, Yet boundless shame thou hast chosen for thyself. While there is yet time, return and lose not thy chance. And this one, Sarah Taraz had come in. She has a beautiful voice and a great pitch. She and Patty, I let them kind of go free with it. I let them know what the melody is. And they, the lead takes the melody. Then Patty would come in and put her harmonies in. And then they went back and forth on the middle interlude. And then the second time around, Patty took the lead and Sarah put in her backgrounds. Then I did it a third time that became somewhat of a chant, spoken chant, and I was able to do that. So I ended the song a third time. It came out pretty cool. So this is O Moving Form of Dust.
the form of dust, I desire communion with thee. But thou wouldst put no trust in me. The sword of thy rebellion hath felled the tree of thy home. At all times I am near unto thee, but thou art ever far from me. Imperishable glory I have chosen for thee. Yet boundless shame thou hast chosen for thyself. While there is yet time, while there is yet time, while there is yet time, return, return. While there is yet time, return, return. We're listening to the music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin, a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs and an audiobook. And we had just listened to the piece, O Moving Form of Dust, which is from one of the Hidden Words, which is a book written by Baha'u'llah, from her CD, Befriend Me. In describing the next song from your double CD, Pioneer Winds, you mention a ballet you created. Can you tell us about that? The Tin Women of Shiraz. Yeah, that happened back in the the 1980s, where ten women from the city of Shiraz, Iran, were martyred. And their only crime was that they were Baha'i. These poor women were taken from their homes. Mona was a young girl who was... I think about 16, she was teaching a children's class and she was taken. All 10 of them were hung. These women were so courageous. And just thinking about them makes me want to tear up. Mona wanted to be killed last so she could pray for the other nine that went before her. This is the only thing I could do was to honor these Ten women. So when I wrote the piece, it sat for 15 years or so till I could afford to get into a studio to record it. When I told the story to Bill, my engineer, I allow my singers, my engineer, and all to put their own spin on things as well because the spirit travels through them. And he did such beautiful things with the Ten Women of Shiraz. It's nine minutes. And actually, the music tells the story. It goes solo and actually became a ballet. I wish I had a ballet company to perform it. So we won't be featuring that piece on this interview, but there is a song on that CD called Southern States. Could you tell us about that song? Well, on that CD, Pioneer Winds, 
I wanted to have the four prayers for the states that Abdu'l-Bahá had revealed in the Tablets of Divine Plan. Abdu'l-Bahá is the son of Baha'u'lláh. Upon Baha'u'lláh's passing, Abdu'l-Bahá became the center of the Baha'i faith and the sole interpreter of the writings. And he was also a mystery to us. He was a gift from God because he was an example for all of us to follow. Amazing. If I may quickly add that he knew Cahir Gabron. Gabron just thought he was incredible, and he wrote the book The Prophet, and that's based on Abdu'l-Bahá. And Gabron never became a Baha'i because he couldn't imagine anybody more perfect than Abdu'l-Bahá was. So that's a little bit of trivia about Abdu'l-Bahá. It's a wonderful history for anybody to discover the person of Abdu'l-Bahá. And I was living in California then and started with the Western states. And it came out well. I was able to sing it. And then I did Central and the Northeastern states. The Southern states, there's something special about that for me. I don't know what it is, really. I'm living in Florida now. When I wrote that and I took it to Bill, he did such an unbelievable arrangement that uh, it plays the heartstrings. So these are prayers written by Abdu'l-Bahá for various parts of the United States, and the one we're going to listen to was a prayer written by Abdu'l-Bahá for the southern states. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, so we'll play that piece. Which 
to the music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin, a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs, an audiobook, and I guess a ballet as well, now that we mention it. We just played a piece which is putting the prayer by Abdul Baha, the son of Baha'u'llah, for the southern states of the United States to music. And we just played that from her double CD called Pioneer Winds. The next piece is the title track of your most recent CD, which is called To the Peoples of the World. Yes. So tell us about this one and the folks you involved to create the title track. I started this one, oh, it's been about 10 years ago. I gleaned from the tablet that the House of Justice wrote, The Promise of World Peace. The Universal House of Justice is the highest body of the Baha'i faith in the world. They are centered in Haifa, Israel, are elected through secret ballot from people represented from all over the world. And they sent this tablet out in the 1980s to all the leaders of the world about the promise of world peace. So I started gleaning from it because we're living in times that are just so crazy and dark and people need to know that there's light out there, there's hope out there, there's a purpose, there's destiny. To the peoples of the world, it covers that. And I had Carrie Kuriansky and her husband Rick Kuriansky help me on this one with their beautiful voices and Jay Stewart had stepped in at this time because Bill Kilpatrick couldn't his life was changing and we couldn't work together anymore and Jay's a phenomenal musician 
engineer, so patient, in love with God. So it made working together really nice. He did the arranging mostly on this one. I worked with him quite a bit, but he's he's more responsible for to the peoples of the world. I found at the beginning and at the end, I was in Haifa and I started recording to the peoples of the world in different languages because it's a very international place there and easy to find people. And everybody was excited to give their little to the peoples of the world in their native tongue or whatever. And I think it was really, really worked out well. This piece is about 10 minutes long, and unfortunately we only had time to play about four to five minutes of the piece in the interview. An die Völker der Welt. Le Mira. A la gente del mundo. To the peoples of the world. The great peace towards which people of goodwill throughout the centuries have inclined their hearts. Of which seers and poets for countless generations have expressed their vision and for which from age to age the sacred scriptures of mankind have constantly held the promise is now at long last within the reach of reach of the nations for the first time in history it is possible for everyone to view the entire planet with all its myriad diversified peoples Perspective. World peace is not only possible, but inevitable. It is the next stage in the evolution of this planet. to be reached only after unimaginable horrors precipitated by humanity's stubborn clinging to old patterns of behavior or is to be embraced now by an act of consultative will is the voice before all who inhabit the earth 
at this critical juncture when the intractable problems confronting nations have been fused into one common concern. Irresponsible scientific and technological advances occurring indicate the practical problems of humanity may be solved, yet barriers persist, doubts, misconceptions, prejudices. of the world to the peoples of the world these fruitless strifes these ruinous wars shall pass away and the most great peace shall come we're listening to the music of Rebecca Johnston Garvin a singer-songwriter who has produced five musical CDs, a ballet, and an audiobook. And we had just listened to the piece, To the Peoples of the World, which is based on a document that the Universal House of Justice, the International Governing Council for the Baha'is, which is elected every five years, Rebecca, I want to thank you so much for sharing your music and your other work that you've done. So thank you so much for sharing all of that for this hour. Thank you. Well, thank you. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Rebecca Johnson Garvin, a singer-songwriter who's produced five CDs. You can find her CDs at 9starmedia.com. That's the number 9, Star Media. You can find this interview and other interviews on the website of Bahaiperspective.com and on the YouTube channel, A Baha'i Perspective. You can also find the podcast on Spotify and iTunes. For information specifically on the Baha'i faith, you can go to the website baha'i.org, or you can call the number 1-800-22-UNITE. I hope you join me next time on A Baha'i Perspective. Mm-hmm.